Kat Shaw is a visionary artist whose creations have become a powerful catalyst for empowering women worldwide. With her thought-provoking paintings and unique artistic approach, she challenges societal norms and advocates for female equality. Kat's work revolves around celebrating the beauty, strength and diversity of women, using photographs of real women's naked bodies from all corners of the world to create her stunning goddess paintings. Good morning, Sacred Souls. We're here quite early this morning interviewing Kat Shaw, who is a wonderful, inspirational artist, and she's got so many pictures of artwork behind. I wish you could see. Um, for those of you that are on the podcast, obviously anyone that views this interview on the YouTube will see this. Um, so we're going to be talking to Kat today about her journey, um, her, you know, her kind of a quest into art and and women's power and women's empowerment and kind of how that's guided her life really and we'll kind of see where we go with that and we'll let her start off by just introducing herself really and telling us kind of how she got involved in this work hello cat hello lovely <laughs> hello lovely ones Mwah. thank you for having me yeah it, do you know what it's not that early for me I tend to be a 5am person oh, if you'd had a 5am slot I would have been all over that that's when my my brain wakes up and I'm like oh yeah that's when I'm the most creative so I'm cat I'm an artist um which is really exciting but I could talk for about 700 hours so do cut in if, the, if oh, I'm going oh, on track or anything like that but so how did I start I did a fine art degree about a million years ago that was my degree um and then I went off and traveled for about eight or nine years I was a holiday rep so I would go from summer like clubbing in Ibiza and then in the winter I'd go off and be a snowboard guide and uh, that was life for a while just put my phone on silent and then um I came home and fell pregnant with my daughter who's beautiful and she's 18 now so this was about 18 years ago I came home and I single mummed her since she was four weeks old and life has been life was really difficult like life is still really difficult even though she's 18 as a single mom so we kind of bundled through and we got through everything and you know literally went from one day to the next struggling and when she was about seven like i was really so angry like i was such an angry like pissed off at her dad because he left and her and life was hard and i was so 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 angry and when she turned seven like loads of stuff went on i could go on for ages about you know i'd met this bloke and he was cheating and blah blah blah. you know when you have one of those moments where you life just i just and my granddad had decided and i was like i can't cope like mm. i cannot <clears throat> i cannot see any light anymore like i can't even get out of bed and um and i'd gone to the doctors and the doctors had deprived um prescribed me antidepressants and i was like oh do you know what I just can't cope. I'm going to have to do it. Anyway, this it's a very long story. I'm doing it really short. I'm fine. This isn't even the main bit. This is just the prelude to the main story. Okay. So, so I'd got these antidepressants. I'd gone to my mum's house and I was scrolling through Facebook, which is just like my decompression is to go on social media and just scroll. And that's like where my brain kind of stops. Mm-hmm. And this thing kept flashing up saying unwanted chihuahuas, right? And we were living in a rented house. We weren't allowed any animals or anything. And this thing kept flashing up. And I was like, I'm going to get a chihuahua. I'm going to get a child. We'd never had a dog. I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any plans. But literally within an hour, I'd driven to this, this <laughs> horrific breeding farm and just picked up this dog called Dolly. Dolly, my little tattoo oh. there. 
and she came home to live with us we had to hide her from the landlady she kept everywhere because she wasn't house trained and she got really ill and loads of stuff happened where i ended up having to spend so much money on this dog because yeah. she was so yeah. ill she ended up in the hospital and I, but i just loved her i just loved her to bits and i randomly heard about reiki i'd gone into a shop and my daughter had bought a crystal the crystal, you know when everyone's like oh nothing's ever coincident the crystal broke i took the crystal back really angry to go the crystal broke and it was three pounds and but i had dolly wrapped in a blanket in my arms because she was so ill i couldn't leave her and the woman in the shop was like let me give you a dog reiki i was like i don't even know what that is like i haven't got a clue yeah anyway she gave dolly reiki and very long story later they they dolly got better and i then learned reiki this was in like 2011 or something like that and that's when i realized i can't hold on to all this like this anger and this resentment and this like just fury at life because no one else cared it was only hurting me right so that was the beginning of the journey reiki so i was like oh cool reiki animal communication trained to be a reiki master started teaching reiki and i was thinking to myself yeah i'm so spiritual now like i know reiki and everything's love and light and everything's perfect right trotted along for a couple of years and then the shit hit the fan again about five years ago when my daughter um became really ill we've both got eds but she her as she was growing her body grew really quick eds is Ehlers Danlos syndrome yes it's a connective tissue it's a connective tissue disorder where we don't have enough collagen in our body so it affects every single part of connective tissue which I've is everything investigated for that at the moment yeah we'll talk about that for years and now they think it could be that yes we'll talk about it offline more if you want because because me and my daughter both got it but where she grew very quickly Mm. her her skeleton became the size of an adult i'm six foot one she's taller than me but her joints and her muscle her she didn't have strong enough muscles yet and her joints because of her ligaments not having the collagen in she Mm. just kept dislocating all of her joints and she was in a wheelchair so we'd gone from this life of you know, I used to run every morning and be on diets every day and and play netball. We both she played netball every single day up as high as regionals actually. You know, and I played netball and we did crap gun. We were so in this box of having to look a certain way and having to be a certain way. Um, I was working full time. You know, life wasn't great, but we would I just was on this treadmill of like, yeah, this is this is what we do. Like this is life. Just just bang bang on. Then she got really ill. And I had to take nine months off the first time um, to look after her. And then it happened again the year after. And then I had to take six months off. But within that first nine months, right, we were living in a flat at the time. Um, so we had no garden. We couldn't get a wheelchair into the flat. So the way I either ha- I had to, li- we were living in the front room, both of us, on these pull-out beds because she couldn't move from room to room. She physically couldn't move her body at all. I used to have to pick her off the sofa put her in the dog bed and like pull her up the corridor of the flat and lift her onto the toilet for her even to be able to to go to the loo you know there was no help this was before covid so we were on like a lockdown before covid even started there was no occupational therapist they're like oh it takes six months to come and get to you you know there were no hospital spaces no one was listening to us the doctor kept saying oh it's growing pain she drink warm milk and i'm like my daughter's in a wheelchair she can't move so we had this nine months of sheer hell and um in that time i couldn't go out shopping you know i'm a single mom we're in this flat i couldn't go out shopping i just literally relied on takeaways or the food that people dropped at our house i was stressed i was anxious 
we were backwards and forwards to the hospital. It was horrific. You know, seeing your child go through that is horrific. So I did what I do really well and I comfort ate. And also I wasn't able to exercise. So within that nine, it's it's quite, I always find it quite, you know, we'll talk more about this later, like the mother wound and this, that, and the other, and the ancient times and past lives. But I find it quite interesting that this pivotal point in our life came obviously again between me and my daughter but it was a nine month period which obviously is was my gestation when I carried her I carried her for nine months and then we had this nine months of complete transformation and the death of our old life and the birth of our new life and in that time I just ate I literally ate yellow kettle chips non-stop you know uber eats go to co-op and buy me yellow kettle chips and I put on more in that nine months than I put on when I was pregnant with her I put on about four and a half stone in that time so I'd gone from a size 10 to like 16 18 or something and because I didn't know any different at the time I was so disgusted with myself I I was so like body hatred and and I was looking so not only did I have a daughter who was like being registered disabled and she couldn't move and like the stress of everything no money no support on my own but I was then looking in the mirror every day going, you're so disgusting. How can you let yourself go? You're, you're so fat now. Look at you. You're just, Honestly, the, the words I used to myself were beyond, I wouldn't use them on anyone else. I wouldn't even call my worst enemy the way I was talking to myself. And I was looking and I was just like, and my daughter was hearing me. You know, she'd also put on some weight because she'd gone from playing netball every single day. She was only 13, but wasn't moving and she was eating you know and she was hearing me going you're I'm so disgusting and every day I was like I was wearing the same jumper every single day I wouldn't wear any of my clothes so I was like I'm just so disgusting like I've I've let myself down I've let myself go and um at the time I was doing my priestess of Avalon training which we can touch on again a bit later but it just happened to be that we were on the season of Beltane and Beltane is the goddess Rhiannon the goddess of love I've got pictures there somewhere, but she's well over there. I'll grab her in a bit. But um, and I was doing this really deep journey with Rhiannon because I didn't love myself. I didn't love myself at all. I haven't loved myself. Even now, it's a daily grind, not a grind. It's a daily commitment to myself to love myself. Yeah, but I hadn't loved myself for all this time thinking I did trying to be a size 10, being on every diet in the world like starving my body but I still didn't I didn't love myself at all and I was doing this really deep journey with Rhiannon where we had to look in a mirror and I just couldn't look I just couldn't look I was crying and I, and I just heard the words from Rhiannon saying you know I'd also been brought up in a Christian school I'd been to a Church of England school so so in my head God was different to me that uh, God was up there on this pedestal and and you know when we used to do the Eucharist at school we had to around and eat the crumbs on the floor whilst God was you know so I didn't really know any different and I had this real strong message from Rhiannon this voice just saying but we're not separate you know you are not separate to goddess you you are not separate so if you're saying you love me as goddess why are you not loving yourself because we're the same and and if you don't love yourself you can't love me not not like you can't love me but it was like a why are you not loving yourself if you say you love me and it and it and I was just like hysterical you know those sobs where you're like snot and like my whole body was like 
and anyway that night I took out my I hadn't drawn or painted for like years and years and years I'd been an art teacher for years but never done it myself just taught kids and I started drawing myself for the first time naked ever with all the rolls and the saggy tits and the nipples that aren't where they're meant to be and this this body that I didn't know which was four and a half stone heavier I was following the contours of it I was looking I was looking at her and then I was adding glitter and then I was like oh this is these pictures look lovely I couldn't look in the mirror and think it was lovely but it was like a bridge to actually these pictures are quite lovely because look at the contours look at the shapes look at the rolls and find out loving yourself again yes and then I showed a couple of my friends and my friends were like oh I hate my body as well I didn't realize that at the time five years ago I didn't realize that women hate it I thought it was just me you know when you're like in the world thinking it's just you so then I painted a couple of my friends and then and then it just literally like from there five years on it exploded I've painted over 3,000 women now because we're just indoctrinated it's 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 drip fed into our soul from the second we're born as a woman that a we need to fit into society we need to look a certain way we need to act a certain way we can't speak up we can't take up space if we don't look like this we're not worthy if we don't do this particular job or if we don't act in a particular way we're unlovable if we swear if we're too loud if we're too big if we've got our own opinions you know all this stuff is drip fed into our soul and the patriarchy just does a job on women you know and if we don't fit in, we think that we're unlovable, unworthy, we're disgusting, we've let ourselves go, like, heaven forbid we should age, like, how awful would it be if we aged? And, and so all these women, literally, it was like I was a magnet, and all these women were just finding me, saying, can you paint me? You know, I, and, and the transformational, it's not just me painting women, I don't just paint women, I do, I change women's lives, because it's the whole process. You know, they don't just get a painting at the end of it. It's the process of actually committing to yourself and sending me an email in the first place and then stepping out of your comfort zone. And the way I recommend women to do it is that they they video themselves and they watch their bodies moving um, in different ways because we never watch our naked body move. And when you look at it and you're like, actually, look what my body can do. Look at it moving in this way. And then they take screenshots. So then that's another step. And then the screenshots get sent to me. That's another step because we trust in a woman you know yeah. in this society where we're taught to to be in competition with women be jealous rip women down judge what they're wearing you know you're entering into this <clears throat> trusting relationship with a woman who is going to see you without any masks without any clothes vulnerable naked yeah. and you're going to be seen and then it's the honoring allowing another woman to honor you you know so then i connect into their soul and I paint them as the goddess that they are at a soul level. So yeah. it's not you're just channeling their soul. You're channeling into their yes. soul to paint their image in the physical yes. world, but you're yes. actually imprinting over it the spiritual god goddess that you've yes. filled their essence of their soul is. Is that kind of how it works? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when they see themselves, and then I video myself doing it, so they see the whole process of yeah. the manifestation yeah. of their soul as a goddess and then they obviously get the painting and the paintings are all I paint in sacred ceremony so I don't just come in in the morning and pick up a paintbrush you know I set my space yeah. I call it goddess I open up the wheel of Avalon 
I call in my guides, you know, it's a real sacred process. You know, there's there's smoke around, there's candles. It's a beautiful, beautiful sacred space. And, and every painting is imbued with that goddess energy as well. So you're not just looking at a painting, you know, even the prints, you said you've got a couple of prints, even the prints, the intention, you know, as you know, every single thing in the world is intention. So for me, the intention in there, for instance, you know, um, Sekhmet, she is the Egyptian, these are all commissions, but she's the fierce Egyptian goddess of transformation and of change. She's like the Egyptian version of Kali. So anyone who were to buy a print, they not only get the artwork, but they get the intention and the power of the goddess as well. So, yeah. so that's what yeah. I basically do in a nutshell. I, I bring women back into the light where they can be seen as themselves. They can be seen um, in their dark and in their light. They can be seen um, with all their roles. You know, these are these are women's body shapes. Not every woman, you know, women have roles. Women have, when we sit down, you know, our bellies fold over. We don't see that in magazines. We don't see that in society. We see these beautiful women. And it's not about judging them and saying, oh, they shouldn't be models. They look amazing, you know. A size six to eight body to me is beautiful, yeah. but it's not representative and inclusive of the entirety of the society of women. No, you know what I mean? No. So next to them, and I know that if nowadays, you know, for one, who makes the call on what plus size is? It annoys me that these shops now are like, oh, we've got plus size models. Who? Why are they plus size? Why are they and, not? And at size twelve, they're a plus size. And you think, yes. oh, who's moved that bar to make yes. the? the plus size and exactly you know why, why is there such a word as plus size anyway but exactly. you know, stores are still there's so you know i went into victoria's secret the other day and they've got plus size models mannequins but then you look at the mannequins right and what they've done they've taken a beautifully proportioned size 10 woman or size eight and they've just made the proportion bigger but where are the back rolls where are the saggier breasts you know yeah. where are the, the stomach rolls not everyone has the, the thin waist and then no, exactly I don't size. exactly so I just want to bring into into the world this normal bodies and we're not only normalizing normal but we're glorifying it you know yeah. painting on stretch marks yeah. painting wrinkles painting rolls and, stuff like that. And, age, and the aging process yes. as your breasts become you know a little bit everything starts to drop south doesn't it i know and yes. now i'm in that that you know that crone phase that, that like menopausal phase myself and everything starts to drop down and we're, we're like you say we're very much um programmed to hate that to to yeah. think that something's wrong to start to you know to start to disrespect ourselves of that because yeah. everything's impinged on the physicality of what we are and instead of the actual essence of whom we are inside and that's what your paintings i think exactly bring the inside out it's not just the physical they bring the inside out they do they bring the inside out but also they normalize normal bodies yeah you know i get so many messages every day from women like hundreds of messages saying i've never seen myself in art before mm. i've never seen myself look beautiful mm. before the reason i started painting myself was after this message from rhiannon saying you are a goddess i was like wow that was like my biggest light bulb moment in my life and so i started googling goddess paintings and i couldn't see myself i couldn't see my body i could see these beautiful ethereal goddesses which who are beautiful but I couldn't see my body. So I thought, well, I'm going to paint myself into yeah. goddesses. I'm going to paint my body. Yeah. And women say, 
I've never seen my body in art and they say I've never felt beautiful before because they're not represented you know the representation is so important because how can we love ourselves mm-hmm. and appreciate ourselves if we yeah. if we've never seen ourselves portrayed as beautiful or yeah. worthy or lovable yeah. if we're only opening magazines and seeing one particular body shape the second we don't fit into that is the second we say well we're obviously not good enough because you know we're not we're not represented and that is what i want to do represent every single body shape so that every single woman can be like wow that's me you know i see myself and that's why i keep all of my paintings are faceless you know people always say to me why don't you draw faces because because goddess is within all of us and and i want women to look at them and and almost have it like a mirror and yeah. see their own face reflected yeah. back you know by putting a face on i know segments got a face she's a lion and that's that's the face of the lion but not once i think when i first started there's about three paintings from five years ago with faces on but i think that makes it more personal and i know that every single woman can empathize and can connect with a painting without a face because they see themselves reflected back it's like they're reflected back as the goddess you know that that their face becomes the face within that painting and i think what Uh, is so important it's so important in a a collective healing it's you know for for helping women you know just to be happy with with whom they really are like like we were saying a minute ago about the you know the image of the body the physicality of the body being such a you know a, a thing that we we almost like can't identify with and I, i've had my own struggles with body image over the years you know I've, I've had anorexia i've had bulimia you know i've had a lot of wounds to the i am if you like and not feeling perfect and throughout a lot of my adolescent years because i had a, a you know i experienced abandoning parenting and you know i grew up in a single parent environment as well my mum had three kids we were quite poor we didn't have a lot and there was a lot of that struggle similar to what you're saying you went through with your daughter i had that in my early years mm. and 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 you know obviously part of my healing process you know took time over me becoming a parent and it was really having my children that helped me to to work through a lot of that stuff and becoming a psychotherapist and doing my spiritual work the same as you but I think you there's this guilt isn't there that we carry as women as well of, of like our wounds wounding our children because I know my own daughter's had her struggles with eating issues and things because like you said with your daughter she heard me telling myself with well, this hate speech yeah from from her infant state to you know and that's the most important part of of growth in a child it's that absorption they're like a sponge they don't understand that when you're angry or upset with yourself that it's not about them they think there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with me and you end up kind of giving that to your own child and this is what you're doing is amazing because it's it's about relearning to love yourself you know and to to heal that i am wound that perfection wound yeah you know i'm sure you must feel very privileged to be working with with people in that space i mean it must be you know when someone's disrobing and like standing there in their naked form in front of you did it did it kind of throw you off to start with because you're a bit like oh this is a bit embarrassing or, or, or is no, it just like no never listen we live in this capitalist consumerist society that thrives on women feeling less than yeah. because that's how they make their money you hold me in pants you know, liposuction, Botox, you know, push up bras. We live in this society that keeps women feeling like crap about themselves so that obviously money can be made. But no, nakedness, 
I don't know. It, I've never grown up as a naked person. I mean, I was a holiday rep when I was younger and I used to get the tits out on bars all the time. But that was, you know, <laughs> that, was that, was, that was the way it was. But now yeah. it, we, I just had this beautiful weekend, uh, the weekend just gone, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, where I was shooting for Calendar Girls, my Calendar Girls 2024. And I had 20 women over the three days um in sacred ceremony and we spent the whole three days naked i was painting their bodies they were being photographed for the calendar um but it's about sacred ceremony and all these women stepped over the threshold they put their trust in me um to hold the space my my main obsession is keeping the space safe and holding these women in a beautiful safe and loving way and an honoring way and they all were like, no, we're not going to fully take our clothes off. We'll just keep our, you know, you can paint, you can do this, you can do that. We sit in circle and it's not just come in, take your clothes off, get your body painted. You know, it took us two hours. First yeah. of all, we did a really in-depth share. Then I led them into this glorious, sacred space of honouring and of being seen by other women. You know, we sat for about 10 minutes just eye gazing with each other with our clothes on, but just seeing other women you know as women we we put these masks on we've like you said we've got to be the mum we've got to be the earner we've got to be this we've got to be that we can't be this we can't be seen you know and these women they literally i see them in front of my eyes like they strip the masks off and they sit with tears rolling down their face just being seen by other women mm. and then the invitation was to step into the circle and to take their clothes off in a beautiful sacred way whilst being empowered it's about empowerment you know it, drives me crazy that women's bodies are put in two categories either sexual or shameful you know women's nakedness is either only sexual or she's asking for it or shameful don't let me see like how dare you see this is right even on facebook you know a man can share his nipples a woman can't yeah. there is no equality so so to lead women into this space where they either send me their photos because i've painted women all over the world they send me their photos but when I'm doing in-person ceremonies, the women come to me and within two hours, they're fully naked, they're empowered, they're comfortable, they're confident, they're hugging each other, they're seeing each other, they're loving each other. And that space is is like the biggest transformational space yeah. that can ever be. But like you said, it's not just the women who come on that day that are changed because, you know, as we all know, we're all part of a web. And yeah one part of the web breaks it affects this part you know whereas if one part of the web is empowered it sends these ripples out so these women these 20 women then went off and feel more empowered so then they empower other women you know they're they're healing the mother the mother wound line not only for the children to come but the the ancestors that have gone before us you know this is all collective healing we do i'm i'm working with specific women but it spreads out, you know, a woman will share my post and another woman will see it. And then she'll about her body, you know, so, so no nakedness to me it isn't nakedness. It's, it's me being able to see a woman and honor that woman in her absolute essence, everything about her, no masks, yeah. nothing, you know, the vulnerability of being seen. And that's that's what I see nakedness to be. It's not, you know, I look at it would be like a doctor saying, oh, you know, I don't get embarrassed by looking at a vulva because I see them every day. You know, to me, I see naked bodies every day. I love them. I honor them. It's not 
oh there's a woman naked it's like look at this goddess look at this essence look at this this body that your soul has chosen for your journey in this lifetime and look what it's done for you yeah it's carried you it's it holds you every single day you know and yet we're enemies you know and it's about bringing women into the alignment of being allies with their bodies rather yeah. than the body being the enemy because it doesn't look how society thinks it should look and not just that i mean yeah. looking at it from a metaphysical perspective if we're constantly hating on our body and we, when, we, when we look into the kind of metaphysics of how you know all of our body and our soul and our mind are all connected if we're constantly telling hate stories to our to our physicality yeah. We're, we're really contributing to dis-ease, disharmony in the body, ailments, illnesses, problems. And I, I know myself, you know, and I don't know if you can relate to this as well, Kat, but having had a lot of issues with my own identity as a, as a, a you know, a teenager, and then obviously as, a, as a, an older woman now, you know, I've had lots of gynecological issues, and I'm not afraid to say that on camera. You know, I've, I've recently just had an operation because I suffer with endometriosis. I've suffered with lots of, I have an autoimmune disease that affects me as well, and affects my stomach and my genital area and all that kind of thing. I've had lots of um, problems with that part of my physicality, and I think it's definitely linked to the communication you have with your body. Yeah. And I think when we look at, there's a book, um, I can't remember her surname, it was Candice, I don't remember her surname, but she talks about this book called, um, that she's written called Molecules of Emotion. And she speaks about how every single cell in our body has a consciousness and it's communicating with every other part of our body. So if we're telling ourselves, I hate you, you're ugly, you're, you disgust me, you're, yeah. you're not good enough, you don't work properly, you're just really co-creating and entangling with that message and recreating yeah. it because we're we're constantly manifesting, aren't we? we, we if we was to only realise our own divine power and divine essence as as co-creators of our own reality, yeah. we realise that by that talking in that way to ourselves, we are creating the canvas of which we stand on. You know that yeah. is it. that is who we are, it become. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, and and our womb space, whether we've got like yeah. a physical womb or not, in our womb space, we hold loads of trauma. That's where we hold yeah. our trauma. You know, so it's no surprise that women have lots of issues, and and it enrages me. You know, I'm a I'm a teacher as well. I've worked in secondary. I'm currently in primary, but but the sex education that gets rolled out in primary schools, which I'm always screaming about because it annoys me. Girls are taught they have a vagina. You know. Yeah. We don't have just a vagina. We have a vulva, which, you know, which incorporates a clitoris, a G-spot. You know, it incorporates labia, inner and outer. Sex is taught as just creation. And yeah. women are taught they have a vagina. You know, we don't. It's like teaching yeah. us yeah. that we don't have a hand. We just have a little finger. You know, what about the rest of it? Why are women, why are girls not being taught this empowering language? Yeah. how can we own ourselves like you said and love ourselves and and create this body of power if we don't know what we've got at the the, the actual you know physical parts of our body you know what i grew up thinking that i just had a vagina and every time i spoke about myself you know i spoke about my vagina my vagina oh i'm gonna go and have my vagina wax no i'm not because yeah. I'll, you know uh, that is not my vagina a vagina is my tiny part of of you know my whole vulva my whole power why are we not taught that? Exactly, isn't it you know it's 
Sorry, there's a bit of back um, lag on the computer, um, just in case you hear it on the microphone as we're recording. Um, but yeah, the, the, like you say, the vagina is, is is not just the vagina, is it? it's the whole essence of what that creative space, you know, is about. You know, it's it's not just our erogenous zone, it's also our creative template. It's where we, we give life. It's where we bring, it's where we blend with other souls. It's where we have our... Um, how our arousal, our love, our passion, yeah. all of that is going on in that space, isn't it? It's not just a vagina. Yeah, it's not just a vagina, but the fact, the word, that the, the fact that girls are taught that we have a vagina, not a vulva. You know, yeah. the vagina yeah. is just the tiny, I mean, it's not tiny, a vagina's bloody amazing. Like you said, it, it, it births yeah. and it is amazing, but, but our sexuality is repressed to just a vagina when actually we have a vulva you know the vagina is just part of the vulva and this this drives me crazy that girls from a young age aren't taught that as well because how can we grow as women in power and be empowered by our sexuality and our and our strength when we're when we're repressed to, to not even being taught the correct names for our body parts yeah. you know yeah it just enrages me and this is where the shame comes in and this is where the sexuality comes in you know and also why is it not okay to be sexual and and enjoy it you know this is all these things that women are just brainwashed by the patriarchy in life and these are all the barriers that i'm just trying to break through you know about women and we can be equal we can be a hot mess or we can be sparkling you know and in every single part of ourselves. Yeah. We are yeah. welcomed, we are honoured and we are loved. But it's also about sisterhood for me. It's about this. There's such a big sisterhood wound between women because when women are together, we're strong and we rise and we're powerful. Whereas society wants to keep us apart. It, we're taught to, you know, growing up a teenage daughter, watching her at school, the bitchiness, the That's competitive, the judgment. You know, women see women and they judge each other and they bring each other down and they... So it's almost like kind of programmed to be like that. It's like yeah. even, even when you're watching the news sometimes, for example, and I've been guilty of doing it, where a newsreader will come on and she'll look a bit older and then you think, oh, she's getting a bit older. And you think, well, why is she? And you have to stop yourself and think, why am I? It's like I've been conditioned to think that. Why is she too old to be on there? She still looks beautiful and amazing. Yeah. Why should yeah. why should there be a cutoff point of what a woman is allowed to do, you know, yeah. to, because of the fact that she's aging, she doesn't look aesthetically as as perfect as perhaps she's she's expected to look. What's yeah. that about? You know, it's only with reflection that you start to realise that you've been conditioned in the same way that other people have. It's about breaking down those boundaries and conditions, isn't yeah. it? And I know yeah. you're saying about your work, working with the soul. So when we start to look at that, you know, how does your work encompass that kind of, you know? gender inclusivity and that kind of because obviously in, in in the world that we're in now and where we're, we kind of have all of these different genders and gender identification and that kind of thing how can how are you inclusive with your work you know is it because you're working purely from a, a soul perspective so it's not just about how somebody presents in the physical how how does that work for you, for you in that situation have you been presented with that at all yeah this is an interesting one and it's quite a controversial one yeah so there's a few things I'll say on this. The first thing is, I do not believe women have equality 
in this world with men. That is my my first and foremost thing. And that's the wounding that I work from. It yeah. annoys me. So I don't ever feel like I have to be kind to men or big up men or go, oh yeah, but I know it's not all, like the not all men hashtag drives me crazy. I've got beautiful brothers who I know are so amazing. I've got amazing friends who are raising amazing sons. Yeah. I know it's yeah. not all men, um, but I don't, I don't, it's not my job. I wasn't put on this earth to empower men. Men have been born with the privileged birthright of being able to do more than women. So I am put on this earth to empower women only. I don't care. I don't care if I offend men. It's not my job yeah. to um, mollycoddle men so that they don't feel hurt by my opinion. As a feminist, I do not want women to rule the world. I don't think women should rule the world. I just want equality. Yeah. And the, uh, the amount of inboxes I get from men saying, oh, yeah, but you hate men and it's not about, no, no, no. It's not about not all men. It's not about, I don't want to be mansplained. I don't care about your opinion. I care about empowering women. I'm not put on this earth to make your life more comfortable as a man. So that's the first thing. And this is a big thing where people, you know, I get loads of violin boxes saying, oh yeah, but not all men and no, no, no. I know that, but I don't have to explain it. I don't care. You know, I know that, but the the majority it's in the 90s it's like between 95 and 97 percent of violence or hatred or abuse to women is by men so that's my first point about gender and stuff like that like i mean obviously gender is a is a societal stereotype so we'll talk a bit more about that later but that's my first point like it is about me empowering women yeah you know yeah. It, i'm all about the women and if i offend a man along the way I'm sorry about that, but that's not my problem. No, and you're working with the feminine, aren't you? You're trying to bring out that divine feminine energy. And I am. I wasn't born with male privilege, so I've had to fight harder to get, you know, I'm banned every single day nearly on Facebook because I share things like this because it's run by the patriarchy. It's run by men. And the patriarchy doesn't just affect men. It affects women just as much. So that's my first point on this. Um, it's about men um, and women. So I'm here to empower women. Now, that's why I paint women. You know, I don't write my posts in order to make men feel more comfortable. I write my posts in order to make women feel more comfortable because we have further to go before we get equality. Um, I love men. I fucking love men. I know some lovely, lovely men. So I'm not a man hater at all. I'm a feminist who wants equality. Now, when it comes to um, diversity of bodies and stuff like that, I also get loads of inboxes. Why have you not painted someone with this? Why have you not painted? So I had an inbox once saying, why have you not painted a woman with a gunshot wound? Well, I paint from my whole ethos. I refuse to paint from my imagination because I know as well as you do that my imagination is warped by society. If I were to sit down and paint somebody from my imagination, a woman, even after looking at 3,000 women's naked bodies, I would still probably paint pert breasts, small waist, bigger hips. So I only ever paint from photos. This is my whole point of it because I know that even I'm brainwashed by the patriarchy. Yeah. So I can only paint what I'm sent. So when the people are moaning, well, you haven't painted someone who's only got one leg. Well, I haven't been sent that photo. 
what do you want me to do? I'm not just going to make it up. I'm not just going to fabricate someone. You know, I can't. And you're painting from real, aren't you? You're painting from real. Yeah, I'm painting from reality. So I can only paint what I'm sent. So that's the first thing. I paint the photos that I'm sent. The women who choose to send me the photos, I paint them. So I can only be as inclusive as the photos that I'm sent. And I focus mainly on body diversity. Um, and when it comes to gender, this is an interesting one because it boggles me. And I spent some time trying to work it out. And I spoke to my 18 year old daughter about it and she's of a different generation to me. So she's just like, it is what it is. Why are you trying to even, because I'm like, yeah, but, th but this and that. And she just said, but you're you're feeding into this by trying to still put people in boxes, trying to understand gender. Like gender is so, so now, it's so unbelievably fluid um, that by me trying to put it into a box was 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 almost buying into the the having to label people. Yeah. And my daughter yeah. and this kind of generation, she just put it all into perspective too, because she was like. But why are you even trying? People just are who they are. It is what it is. That was fluid and wanted to painting, you know, of their body and how their body looks and what what that is about. You would do that, wouldn't you? You would you would paint that body. I'm inclusive of everyone. I have I have I I run ceremonies myself for women, and I'll tell you why I do that because I like I'm a school teacher as well I couldn't teach from someone else's lesson plans yeah, I don't okay. feel I can hold a space and teach authentically unless I have lived experience I have lived experience of being a woman working with goddess so my workshops are open for women and people who identify as women and for anybody I'm working from what I know and I'm working from yeah. a soul. But if a soul turns up to my workshop space who identifies as a woman yeah. or who is fluid in any way and can identify as a woman, I don't question it. I, I'm i very, and this is because my daughter has really put it into perspective by just saying, if yeah, you don't need to label. Oh, because I could sit there for ages and go, oh, would that show, can I bring them into a woman's space? It's not up to me to, to judge anyone and their gender and how they represent or how they identify i don't care like we were talking before we came online about spirituality and about my main my main ethos is just don't be a dick like i don't care if you come yeah. into my space and you it's have integrity and you know and you, you identify as a woman and you and you and you grow from what i offer i don't care what what's in your pants i don't care what i i, I honestly um see divine feminine in everyone because there's also divine masculine in everyone exactly. and that, that that goes beyond it's the, the soul isn't it at birth you it's know it's the, goes soul and the energy which we've incarnated yeah. with we've, we we need a divine masculine and feminine energy for creating yeah. you know we, and we can you can ex, we can explore this in you know in metaphorical ways in that you know that we could say that the physical body is divine feminine or we could say that the physical body is divine masculine couldn't we because yeah. some somewhere along the line the spirit that enters the body that helps to create the soul from being born what do we call that the divine feminine or the divine masculine once you start to de decipher and dissect it which probably sounds a bit way woo and woo woo now and i'm trying to say it to you but what i'm my, my point of that is we need the energy of 
uh, of you know of something being put into something and something being created from that to create life in general so with that being said we are all part of both we're every single soul and being on this on this earth plane you know is a combination of divine essence masculine and feminine depending irrespective of which you know volume of which is what it doesn't it's irrespective the the matter is that we're both of those things and how we choose to express those dominant energies within us is unique to that soul, that person. So I don't, in my view of things, I see people as souls, how they wish to display that and, and showcase that essence of whom they are is down to them. And isn't it, uh, uh, you know, the divine masculine and the divine feminine gets confused for male and female. Exactly. You know, they yeah. are gender stereotypes or they are the sex that we are assigned at birth. To me, I would rather someone come to me with their shadow on show and their light on show, you know, rather than be spiritually bypassed and be like, oh, yeah, I'm carrying all these crystals and wearing all these clothes and I've got all these sacred yeah. geometry yeah. tattoos. But but actually, they're a dick. And, you I know, and they're, yeah. and they're, and they're yeah. not facing their shadow and they're not doing the real deep work. They're doing the surface. Mm. I... I want people's truth and I want people's reality and I want people's authentic self yeah. to step forward to me. Um, yeah. And I will hold that, like I will hold that more than, you know, as an empath and as someone who reads energy, I know within a split second if you're bringing me your truth or not. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, it, and I, that's what I want. Yeah. I want people to bring me their truth, their vulnerability. I don't want to see this polished version of someone who's acting in a way they think they should act in order to be spiritual. I yeah. want someone who brings yeah. their raw, authentic soul to me, and that's what I will hold. So I and don't know if that answers your question, but it really yeah, no, it does. It doesn't it does even And we had this discussion, didn't we, at the beginning yeah. before we came on air, and we was kind of talking about, you know, how much you know fakery there is in 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 spiritualism in, in the spirituality. Yeah kind of um field and that you know it's not just about what you dress like and what crystals you got hanging off you and you know like you say the tattoos you got and this is about you being genuine and authentic and in connection to your soul your divine spark and this this is what this is what this whole life experience is about is about being in contact with that and 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 showing compassion and love and you know vibrating from that frequency um and sharing that you know, there's no point keeping that yeah. self either, is there? Which is what your work does. It's you're sharing that love, that authenticity, that yeah. inclusivity, that that you know divine connection, and you're you're putting that on a canvas. But that's not where the work stops. It's not just the print, yeah. is it? Yeah. It's, it's the journey to get there. It's then the journey that that picture has in influencing the collective. You know, the yeah. journey of that individual and how their energy influences their collective energy, you know, that in itself is, as well is, is a fascinating subject. When we look at by healing yourself, you're healing the collective. Yeah, you're healing the collective, but not only the collective in this lifetime. Exactly. You know, we're healing the yeah. ancestors. We're healing the <clears throat> we're healing the lineages that have been before us for thousands and thousands of years you know if you think in the ancient times you know even women's blood even women's menstrual cycles have been vilified oh i've got the curse you know oh don't come near me i've I've got my period you know in the ancient days women were 
their blood you know i work a lot with blood magic and my cycles but women would go and they would go into their red tents and they would all bleed together and leave the children at the home with the men in the villages and it would be a sacred passage it would be sacred and it would be honored it would be a it would be a woman's magic and empowerment you know so why is our blood now so dirty and disgusting and vile you know it's there's all these things you know and i get inboxes even from women you know the women i get inboxes from men a lot you know obviously sex oh yeah i had one just yesterday because i'd put a picture up of my body i'm saying my body my choice and i had my hands over my breast because i'm shadow banned every day so um and i get an inbox saying oh i want to see your nipples you know this is this is what men think they can do it just blocks see you later doesn't even bother me it's the messages from the women that get me and they actually really hurt because in from a point of sisterhood i'm like how are you attacking me i had a message a couple of weeks ago saying you're too much you're too loud you're too this you're too that and it was from a woman um and i looked on her page because i'm a bit of a stalker anyway i love i love i love social media i love scrolling and she was claiming to be this beautiful soul offering this offering that offering spiritual stuff offering psychic stuff and i'm like i didn't need to call her out because i don't give a shit her shadow is her shadow it's not my business but you know you're like actually you're putting yourself out into the world as this beautiful soul yet you're inboxing another woman telling her she's too much and trying to bring me down a peg or two she actually said those words you should bring yourself down a peg or two or something and i'm like but I, a lot of that, what happens, I think, and, and this is, you know, where the psychotherapist in me steps in the two is for, because I think a lot of what that actually is, is projective identification. And it's also where people are seeing something that they need to minimise because they're in competition with that internally. They want to yeah. be bigger, so they, they kind of need to diminish that. They need to yeah. move that out of the way so that they can, they feel that almost if they do that and they move that person out of the way and, and quash them emotionally, that they'll be able to stampede over them and, and, and get to the light and get to the, you know, the spotlight with, it, with yeah. more ease. And that's the sad thing in this world, isn't it, where we 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 feel that we need to diminish others yeah. to flourish in our own energy we, and we absolutely don't need to do that and no. actually it's the complete opposite of that really women should be sticking together and should be helping to empower each other giving each other a step up here you go let me help you how can i help yeah. you and it's the same in all of these in these fields like in spirituality i've come across you know, in mediumship, just in, in general, I've come across so many people in the 30 years I've been involved in it that would literally take the job you're offered from underneath yeah. you. you yeah. know, they literally, there's such a lot of ego, you know, and that to me isn't being spiritual. No. Spiritual is being reflective. It's growing from your from your shadow. It's growing from those not so great things about yourself that you could think, oh, I'm I'm a bit jealous and a bit and a bit, you know, envious of that person. Why? What what is it about them? You know, look at it. Why do you feel like that about that person? What is that person making you feel? And why is that happening? You know, where does it come from? Yeah. Does it come from not feeling loved as a child? Does it feel is it is it from not feeling validated, not being heard? Where's it coming from? Because you can't you cannot grow unless you're being reflective and let you yeah. know projecting onto other people isn't growing you're just hurting other people from your own wounds yeah it's the shadow work this is what i said when i started reiki 
12, 15 years ago. And I thought, I found it. This is it. Love and light. And I thought I was the bollocks. I was like, yay, look at me, spiritual. Everything's love and light, love and light, love and light. Actually, it's not until now where I'm actually so deep in my shadow that mm. this is this is where the work is. The work is in the shadow because otherwise, so the bypass and everything else, oh, you're projecting yeah. your shit all over everyone else. And that, you know, the light is massive. We can all be there. When we're in the true trust and flow of the universe, and goddess and what goddess provides we know that there's enough for everyone you know it's society again and it's the patriarchy that makes us be in competition yeah because it wants to rip people down especially women you know because when women rise we are we are seriously powerful 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 and And then the paradigm is going to shift about different things and different different environments you're put into like even me and beth doing this podcast we've been learning things from our relationship and the dynamic and you know she'll point things out to me like the other day she said to me mum sometimes you speak really intellectual and it's not you and and i'm, and I'm thinking about it and i said okay but if i appreciate that thanks for telling me i'm going to look at that and see what what that's about why i'm doing that you know mm-hmm. and you're learning from each other and if you, you know that will be we include that in our, in our podcast as well because this is this whole podcast scenario the same as what your work is for you it's a process in you growing as a human being you know and you know we are obviously spiritual beings but we're also human beings so this is about your growth process and if you're not being authentic to that process if you're not looking at it and re-examining it every now and again and thinking oh you know maybe I am is that and is that coming from a place of me wanting to sound posh because I'm intellectualizing and I want people to think that I'm important and intelligent. Where's that coming from? Because I don't feel good enough. You know, so you've got to constantly keep reassessing it and looking at it like you're saying, because otherwise you're, you're wounding others from your own shit that you haven't worked through quite simply. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you and your daughter are doing this because the mother line wound for me and my, my daughter, she's 18. She's so I just obviously I love her I'm a mum I've got unconditional love for her but she's also really fucking cool she's Mm. so fierce and she's so amazing Mm. and she is my greatest teacher this is why I've you know I've done a lot of past life work and there's lots of connections that we've got but this is why I've had to stay single to mum her she's 18 now so you know um she's going off on her own way now but she's my biggest teacher and she's always been my biggest teacher because she's she's my biggest trigger because she says things to me. You know, the other day, no, it wasn't the other day. It was, it was about a year ago now, a year and a half or something. And I was late picking her up from school, literally like two minutes late. I'm running, I'm working, I'm doing this. I'm doing... And she just said to me, do you mind being on time? And I exploded in the car. I was like, who the fuck? I'm trying so hard. I'm done. And she just looked at me and she just said, if I don't tell you, how will you know that I've got a problem? And mm. I was then going, and then I, and we sat there for ages. I was crying and she's just like, what, what are you, what is wrong with you? And it all came down to me not feeling good enough. I yeah. didn't feel good enough because yeah. I couldn't cope because I was trying to work hard and I felt like I was failing at work. I felt like I was failing because yeah. I didn't pick her up on time. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And the, and the whole not feeling good enough led to me exploding. Going, I'm trying to yeah. She was only saying to me, I, I don't really like waiting around. Do you mind? And she's a massive, she she shows me my shadow and she rips the shadow to bits because I, I've i spent my life, I've got ADHD and I've spent my life with rejection, sensitive, 
dysphoria, dysphoria and also masking. I've masked my whole life. I had a late diagnosis and, and all my behaviours come from trying to mask the fact that I don't fit into the world with my ADHD. So so the being too much, the being too big, the lad, the losing things, the but all this stuff that's unacceptable. And she she rips it to shreds and she says, well, why? Why do you feel like that? Why is me asking you not to be late? sending you off on you know in the olden days i would have not spoken to her for two days and cried in my bedroom and kept it all in and just yeah. you know where yeah. she, she is she is my most amazing and my biggest teacher my daughter because she she brings it out into the light she brings this shadow out and says come on then why why are you doing that and, and also she makes people are, are, exactly our relationships yeah. with are about our healing and everybody's a mirror like you say your artwork you like don't like to have it face have it with a face because it works better being reflective as a mirror in that way and the same way with our relationships you know I think the feminine and the mother wound you know is the is the most you know creative place of which to do self you know, yeah. exploration and work. You know, when I've, I mean, I've done work with like the 13th right of the womb and I've done lots mm. of like monarchy stuff and things in the past as well myself and working as a psychotherapist. You know, most people that come to you that have got some kind of somatic problems with their gynae regions or some of that, when you start to go back into, you know, their relationship with their mothers or their grandmothers, there's some kind of wounding or some kind of yeah. ancestral wounding there that's, that's manifesting in a physical illness or complaint yeah and I think we need to take direction from our children we need to take direction as as mothers from our children and and, and meeting the needs that they need us to be but not unrealistically you know yeah. they need to see that we're normal that we're we're human yeah. beings we're that you know we make mistakes that we can't be perfect because perfection is an illusion yeah it, it, and I think that's what your artwork shows us you know they're beautiful paintings but they're they're imperfect aren't they they're they are of the the body that that person presents and you're putting the goddess form over the top of that you're not yeah. trying to make them perfect symmetrical yeah you know aesthetically perfect yeah, because because perfect i mean who fucking i'm sorry i saw again okay. per, sorry I'm, um, fine. i think i've been really good though you really well i'm really conscious to not swear i'm sorry I work, my main goddess that I work with is Harley and she is so fierce. She's um, a Hindu goddess and she, she, I blame it on her. I say, oh, Carly's bringing the swearing out in me. But yeah, it's all about, um, you know, who defines perfect anyway? This is society. Society is defined perfect. And, and it's about us breaking through that glass ceiling now, smashing it out and saying, why is this not, you know, this one in particular, the first one I've grabbed. Yeah. Look at the stretch marks. You know, this yeah. is she's had seven children. Like, yeah, that body, if you saw those stretch marks, you know, as women, we'd be like, oh, God, why is she? Oh, she's wearing a bikini with those stretch marks. You know, this is yeah. as, as being glorious. Why, why is perfection so defined by our looks and, our, and look in a particular way? Because this is where all, all women's mental health begins with not feeling worthy, not feeling lovable, not feeling good enough. You know, because we are indoctrinated to believe that we have to be a certain way in order to be worthy. And as you said earlier, with the aging process, you know, this is where we're coming into our power. This is where we are beginning. Yeah. To, we're only just beginning to set fire. I, before the crone phase, I like to go through the I'm going to go through the queen phase before I go through the crone phase. Um, 
you know, we're, this is where we are coming into our power. So, so why is it that women who are aged just seem to be as over the hill? Oh, she's over the hill. Oh, she's past it. No, yeah. she should know that at her age. Yeah. Uh, whose age? Who's Who says? Yeah, exactly. I can and can't wear. It's my body. It's my choice. Exactly. You know, and this underpins everything. It is. It is our right. You know, I I started pole dancing about. I saw that. And I, I, I was like, like, so yeah. right compared to everyone else. But I still go every single. I go twice a week, and I love it so much. And I'd put on all these posts, and I had to remove loads of posts from my Facebook group because I got about three million followers in a day because it was all these horrible pervy men, and I was like, no, I'm not about that. So. Anyway, but I did put one post up. Um, and my ass looked so good. I had these these hella heels on. They were eight <laughs> inches. Now, bear in mind, I'm six foot one already. I was six foot nine, and I stood there, and my ass looked so good. And I put this post up and said, "I'm choosing to put this post up for you to sexualize my body. I want you to look at my ass, and I want you to say, look how fucking good her ass looks in this photo because it's my choice." Whereas if I put another photo up, unless I offer you to sexualize me, you don't have the right to. It's my body. I could put up a naked photo of my body um, and it's my choice for you not to sexualize it. You know, but unfortunately, society sees nakedness as being sexualized. Do you know what I mean? What? Oh, the second I put a photo up of my naked body, you know, I'm obviously being sexual. Well, sometimes I am. Like I was, I was strutting my stuff with these heels on the other night, feeling sexual as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and yes, this is me stepping into my sexuality. And yes, I want you to look at me in that way because that's how I feel. But on another day, I have the right to put a photo up of my naked body and I don't want you to sexualize it because this is where society doesn't, this is what like, people don't get it is our choice we don't have this autonomy over our bodies where we get to choose and also we get to define another another place for us to be that isn't just sexual or shameful as naked you know where's the where's the section where we can be empowered and that's what women go through on this journey it's about seeing themselves as being empowered in their nakedness rather than being shamed or not feeling good enough or just being looked at as sexual, you and know? And that the message behind some of the work that you do isn't just about the, the, the artwork as well, it's about being in control of your of your um, energy, and, 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 and that is a message that sends out that sends out that message to men as well, in what you're saying there about the sexualising your body. You know, sometimes I suppose it's hard for men to know sometimes, you know, what, what you know, what they should or shouldn't do and you know in that respect of like when people are putting pictures out there you know but I suppose it comes down to the fact of in their own mind being in control of their own desires you know because we're, we're living in in an environment aren't we where you know if, if we were to think that we're living in that you know natural environment like like um lions and animals and you know wildlife you know they're all running around just having random sex with random animals aren't they like just following their eats and their their desires and you know constantly just being in sync only with their desire if that makes sense but we're not just our desires are we because we're also having to live in the real world so it's about putting those desires in check really isn't it and 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 and, and making sure that you know to a degree you know men are, are in that respect you know, just because they're seeing a naked picture doesn't give them the right to have 
you know they can have a feeling about it but it doesn't mean they have to express that you know you can keep yeah. that and keep that contained yeah exactly yeah. and it's it's all about um they're not taught they're not taught that you know you they're not taught that a woman's body isn't sexual because society classes it as sexual society classes is taboo nakedness is taboo nakedness is either sexual or shameful i know i say it all the time but if society is brainwashing men and women with that yeah then of course yeah. that's going to be their reaction and this is why i shout so loudly because because that's not the way it should be you know the it, it, i used to say to my daughter going to they used to say oh you can't wear spaghetti straps at school in sick form or you can't have your stomach out and she'd go in with her midriff showing and i'd say and they'd send her home and i'd say why because it's the school rules why why is it the school rules that she can't have her stomach showing why and they couldn't explain it oh because it oh because it distracts boys because what that's not my daughter's problem mm. that's them boys problem. Mm -hmm. you know go to them and give them a rule go and give them a rule if you can't control yourself looking at my daughter's spaghetti strap or stomach go home because and i think it's about self-regulating and it brings us back to that space where we're actually having to be more in touch with our own drives desires emotions feelings we all have that own personal responsibility don't we to be yeah. you know to be respectful of others to be compassionate to others to be loving and caring towards others to be to regulate our own impulses drives emotions and you know as someone with two adhd children myself and i i think i probably have adhd i've never been diagnosed but i, I most probably have but again a little bit like you I, I don't see the point in being labeled with me i'll probably have it and that's just that but it is hard to sometimes regulate your your your, your drives and your desires and your your enthusiasm and your excitement and your you know but it, again it's not impossible to do you you learn how to do it you you know because you're you're, st you're starting to you know meditation and things like that. You, you you find tools that help you to regulate those things and it's the same be said for for men it, you know what gives what gives men the right in that respect to just be going around you know sexualizing and and being you know showing their arousal to to women in short skirts or feeling that they have the right to touch somebody when they when they haven't asked or been invited so and and the same for women with women or you know the gender fluidity it's exactly the same scenario whomever you have a response a personal responsibility to be in control of your own emotions desires drives that's down to you that's on you you know how you act how you behave yeah. is on you isn't it it is it is it's personal but it's not about not being sexual and not having desire no you know we all have the choice and exactly. this is, the, this is my point. the bottom line for me is that it is consent it is choice if i choose to put myself on facebook like i did the other day with my ass looking so hot it was unbelievable and i invited people have a look at my ass look how amazing it looks look how sexy my bum looks that's an invitation to look at my body in that way. But society doesn't have the space for me to share my body without it being looked at that way, without an invitation. Do you understand what I mean? Exactly. This is what this because I have lots of conversations with I've got a good friend who's a man and he doesn't he's so lovely and he really tries to understand because he's a bloke and he's like but i see tits and i'm like oh tits you know yeah. and i'm like that's yeah. cool because because 
sexuality and being sexual is is amazing this that's life that's life force that's that's life but it's it's whether i choose it to be looked at in that way or not yeah. you know and this yeah. is what we need to start unpicking like we could speak for hours and hours and hours about this oh, good, yeah. it's never going to happen because yeah. at yeah. the moment because society cannot see nakedness as normal mm. you know because mm. it's not normal because it's taboo that's when it becomes naughty or shameful when you go into tribal you know, but, women are walking around naked all the time in their communities yeah. you know when you when you look yeah. back into the like into shamanism and you go back into you know those kind of segregated communities of the past it is you know people wore next to nothing you know literally yeah. i think there's still tribes now in certain countries where you know they don't wear any clothing whatsoever you know some some yeah. it's only our culture exactly that so you know and i mean that's you know is is a topic for another podcast potentially maybe you know talking about it in more depth but i think your work is is definitely making you know ripples in it, in its and and it's going to make ripples sometimes for for different reasons but the most important reason yeah. is that it's it's allowing people to express the essence of their soul and 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 our podcast yeah. is about that it's about you know growing and learning and expressing the essence of your divine spark whom you really are you know so do, yeah do your artwork when you're when you're when you're painting like you said you start a ceremony and you kind of get into the zone do you, would you say you're channeling like some way like from spirit when you're kind of adding on the artwork the goddess energy onto their onto yeah 100 percent yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I sit back and I'm like, like I only finished that clip yesterday. She's going to her new home tomorrow. I've carried yeah. her around everything. I took her up to bed last night. Yeah. And I sat back and was like, oh my God. Like, I sit back and I'm shocked. Like, wow, did I just do that? But it's not yeah. me doing it. It's about um, when I paint, it's about removing that, that conscious part of my mm. head that says mm. something should look a certain way. And yeah, then, yeah. and obviously, I'm connecting into the person's energy and the person's soul, but also, I'm just allowing goddess to flow. You know, I'm just allowing goddess to flow through, and that is the most beautiful thing ever. Because I sit yeah, here, and I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm not very good at following rules at all. Like, I'm rubbish. If you give me a rule, I physically have to break it because I can't. You know, so. So I did have a period where I tried Wiccan, you know, practice and stuff like that. But there were lots of rules. And I, did, you know, so as a as a witch and as a follower of the goddess and as a priestess of Avalon, I don't have the rule. Like, I just do what I feel I need to do. And I try and empower others to do that as well. But that's... The priestess of Avalon is a bit of a backlag. The, the priestess of Avalon, is that your own creation? Or, or is that something that you joined, like um, a sisterhood that you joined? Yeah, no, Priestess of Avalon, um, it's a three-year training in Glastonbury. Um, and in Glastonbury is, um, you know, there's lots of, again, I can talk about this for hours, but there's lots of myths and there's lots of ancient magic in Glastonbury. As a physical place now, Glastonbury is said to be the heart chakra of the world because of all the ley lines that run through it. There's some really powerful, potent energy. But with legend, it's also linked to the Arthurian um 
legends of King Arthur and the Round Table and Morgan Le Fay and the magic and the ancient priestesses because before my belief is that before we were all running around in this society we live in now people lived a much simpler life you know and the priestesses and and before Christianity and before these patriarchal religions that came and ripped down all the temples and made one man God you know goddess was revered goddess came before everything in my opinion um you know there were temples everywhere people worshipped goddess people worshipped women as the matriarch as the equality to the the horned god you know the the goddess the triple goddess the divine feminine the divine masculine you know the divine feminine got totally and utterly obliterated when all the temples got ripped down and all the churches got built and and christianity began and you know these were all male dominated religions so so the priestess of avalon training so so Avalon is the the magical name of Glastonbury, you know, the ancient name of Glastonbury. And the Priestess of Avalon training, which I did three years training, um, woke me up to the energies of the ancient times, the goddess energy, the ancient lineages of the Avalonian tradition of women who have walked that same path, you know, in years in decades in millennia gone by you know the ancient times the ancient ways that connection to goddess the connection to my priestess self and for me being a priestess um is just dedication to goddess and to me dedication to goddess is dedication to the earth the land that i live on the land you know the earth is goddess dedication to the phases of the moon dedication to the seasons that we live in you know we're just coming out of Lamas we're just about to go into Mabon the autumn equinox is coming up the leaves are just about to shed to, to teach us to release things that no longer serve our highest good then we go into and we go into the darkness you know we we look at we look at the environment what's going on everything's going into hibernation so we start to go into hibernation we start to you know and then when we get round to Imbolc in February, you see the new buds starting to begin. So then we come out of hibernation. We've stopped regenerating. You know, animals follow these seasons. Animals go off and hibernate. So why do humans think that we need to keep on being 100%? You know, and then in February, when Involt comes around and, and the new buds are coming out, then we start to open up again and start to manifest new ideas. And then, you know, the ancient, the ancient ways of the farmer, that's when they would start to be, you know, sowing their crops. And then we we follow it round the wheel of the year, get back to Lamas where we where we're reaping what we've sown. You know, it's the same with all the magic I do, all the spells, all the all the work I do. I even paint the goddesses at different times of the year, um, depending on the on the energy. Because some women send me their photos, and one woman, it took me two years to be able to paint her because it wasn't the right time, because it wasn't that, and, it, and when she finally manifested, it was a, she, she's the painting called Growth. She's green, she's got flowers. And it was the time of the summer solstice when everything was blooming and blossoming. And that was the energy that needed to come out. You know, like you said, I can't force what I do. No. Some people will say, are you finished? No, 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 because it's not me doing the painting. It's not just me sitting down answering an email. It's me waiting for goddess to flow through me and it has to be the right time and it has to be the right energy vibration and it it has to be the right moon cycle or the right time of the year or the right the right goddess that steps towards me all of a sudden do like that do you ever have you ever think that person 
is that goddess that per that is th this is that person even if they haven't presented to you for a picture do you ever look at someone and just think oh my god you are i could yeah. see that energy in you because obviously you're yeah. working with the energy of the pe of the person aren't you you look at yeah. them, wow you know and obviously, you know, you're not going to just start there painting somebody that hasn't given you permission. Because again, like you say, it's about consent, isn't it? It's about that person yeah, yeah. giving you permission. But, you know, it, there must be times, because I know myself when I'm working, you know, with, with my gifts, you know, sometimes you come across certain people and you, you feel the essence of, of, of that divine spark within them, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. there, isn't it? It is. And it's different each time. Like sometimes, like you said, someone will send me their photo like this particular muse, I'm so obsessed with this painting. I know I keep talking about it, but I just love it so much. And immediately I knew Sekhmet, you know, that Sekhmet, whereas other people will send me their photo and I'll start painting them and a different energy will come through. So it won't be a goddess that other people know. It will be like, there was one, this woman sent me a photo and, and she was meant to be painted underwater and she's called goddess of the deep. Like that isn't, a goddess name that people know like aphrodite or venus or you know the lady of avalon or Sekhmet or isis or something like that it's just you know their energy comes through but going back to your original question yeah it takes over you know it's not i don't decide what they're going to look like i don't ever like sometimes i might say well tell me your favorite color or a few of your interests but normally people don't they send me their photo and the goddess just manifests it man she manifests in front of me she and it's really beautiful for me because not only am I sat in the in the energy of the person I'm painting, but I'm also sat in the energy of the goddess that's coming yeah. through. And some of them, they they come through me and, and I feel them in my soul and they're coming through. There was another one that I painted and um and she kind of sat on the stool and watched me, the goddess, and talking to me the whole time, like and do this and do that, and this person and that. So there's difference. Sometimes I hear, sometimes I see what I'm meant to be doing. Sometimes I've got instructions of what's meant to be going. A lot of the time, I'm just not, you know, not even now. I listen to audio books a lot when I paint as well, because or I watch Netflix or something like that while I'm down here. Even in sacred space, people think I'm sat here like oming the whole time. That's not me. Um, I do other stuff as well because it takes, it gives my conscious brain something to do which allows my subconscious to, to just flow. Because if I'm sat here trying to focus, the, the paintings that I try and make look a particular way, they turn out rubbish because that's my consciousness. So it is just literally, you know, like you, when you do your mediumship, you you don't consciously think, oh, I'm gonna tell that person. You know, you just open and yeah. you let it flow. And this is the same with my painting. I open up and I just sit here and I say, just move the paintbrush, do what you need to do. It's me, like I'm here as your channel. Like when I do workshops, when I do painting workshops or when I run my circles or any workshop I do, anyone who works with me, I do loads of stuff on Zoom. I don't plan anything. I don't plan anything at all. Like even you were like, did you read the questions? I'm like, no, I didn't because, because <laughs> I've got such trust in goddess. Like you would with spirit, like me with spirit, with goddess. I have so much trust that, that they know that I'm like, I was just about to say I'm their little bitch, but I don't mean that. But they know that that I'm here, and they speak through me. Like, and sometimes I'll say really wise stuff, and I'm like, 
I'm not wise, but I, and also with my ADHD, I remember nothing. So if I tried to oh, write God, something down, I remember it. I don't remember anything. So, yeah. so my trust and, and every single person I sit down and I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do this. I don't know what to do. But it's that trust. You know, I, I open a workshop and I turn the Zoom on and there's 50 women sat there and I'm there thinking, holy shit, I don't know. I've got nothing planned. But because I've got that trust, you know, it'd be like you standing on a platform. You've got the trust in spirit yeah. that you yeah. know that the words are going to be put in your mouth. I know that these paintings are going to manifest because I know that Goddess wants me to spread her word. She wants me to spread her love. She wants me empower women this is what i've been born to do so why would she let me down you know yeah yeah if she's put me on this trajectory to be this fierce voice to empower women at the detriment of my own sanity most days but you know why would she not be there to support me why would she not be there to to help me create talk to me to tell me what to do next to tell me how to answer this or that or you know to give me the power to do it it would be like you know, goddess is that unconditional love that I have for my daughter. Why why would I want her to fail? Why would I want her to look stupid? Why would I not want to give her all the information she needs for life? That's yeah, that's yeah. my relationship with goddess. And and again, people people think you have to be a certain way. Like I'm always in painty clothes or I'm in like my hair's a mess, it's not washed, I'm looking filthy a lot of the time, you know, especially when I go to Glastonbury. I never wash when I'm there, but it's about it's about that truth of saying like i don't have to be a specific way like i swear all the time when i'm talking to goddess i don't do the hail i will sometimes hail and welcome a goddess in but normally i'll just chat to a goddess like i chat to you like the other day mark we're going through this situation at the moment i explained it to you earlier and i'm asking carly for help all the time and the other day i was driving to work i was fucking crying my eyes out because i can't think of a, of a solution logically so i'm saying to carly why the fuck are you not giving me a glimmer where are you like i'm asking you come on show me fucking come on bring this to me i need something i need i need your help you know i talk for me it's a dialogue as i would talk to anyone as i would talk to my daughter and 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 what i would you know there is no failure for me because i know what I mean is there's no failure when it comes to me like doing a painting or, or yeah. doing a Zoom or doing a, a conference or doing a workshop because I know that the words are going to come because my biggest thing is that I have the trust. Yeah. You know, I have that trust in goddess that, like my daughter always says to me, how do you keep coming? You've painted 3,000 women. How do you keep coming up with ideas? And I'm like, because, because goddess is never ending. She's eternal, but also she will give me like i don't sit i don't lay in my bed at night and think oh tomorrow i'm gonna paint this i'm gonna paint that you know i just have the trust yeah and, and the creativity just flows through doesn't it yeah and, and, and that's the thing you need to remember with the situation that you've got as well like you need to have the trust that it that whatever will happen is yeah. divinely intended to happen and that is yeah. a part of your process at this moment in time yeah. and although we don't we don't necessarily want things to happen in our lives for a certain reason you know as myself included you're going through some transitions at the minute as well uh, you know that the, there's that need to want to hold on to things but you you can't you, you have yes. to let things flow because nothing everything is impermanent isn't it there's yes. nothing the only thing that's certain is change yeah absolutely that, that, and then, 
Exactly. And we're in that, as we move into that kind of phase now where it's more, you know, scorpionic in nature and we're going into that kind of Plutonian phase now where it's all about rebirth and transformation and we're kind of moving into that autumnal stage where that's what nature shows us, isn't it? It shows us about, you know, things changing, letting go, movement, and your life's reflecting some of that. And I think when we do this work as, as, as individuals that are, you know, are channeling and are using our extrasensory perceptions to to you know, connect to the divine essence and other people's energy. I think our lives very much reflect that of which we are. So they do become very impermanent, very changeable. We have, you know, very extreme ends of things that go on. And the amount of people I've spoken to on these podcasts um, and, and in life, in, in my work, is that the people that are involved very much in, in spiritual transformation whether that be for themselves or in in the assistance of other people, they go through massive life changes and yeah. you know adversity and trials and tribulations because it's all part of the growth process. And it is it is part of the growth as um, above so below as within so without. It's you know it, yeah the human it. part makes it scary though the human yeah. part goes fuck what am I going to do? But yeah. I mean if you think about my biggest. You know, our trauma in life was five years ago when my daughter got ill and was in a wheelchair and couldn't walk. That's when the painting began. You know, I wouldn't have, I would still have just been on that treadmill of working. A da, 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 da. You know, I would never have done this had I not gone through that. The worst, darkest, darkest night of my soul was when my daughter was really, really ill. It was just, there aren't even any words. But from that has come this. You know, from that has come this. And I'm a bit of a, you know, with the universe and with spirit and with goddess, they know that I have to have quite severe lessons because, you know, the motto of Carly is I have to make you uncomfortable, otherwise you're never going to move. Think if of I was, pain of labour, you know, that, that actual pain and almost dying, if you like, to a degree. That's yeah. what rubber feels like. It's horrendous, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, into that, and then you produce this life, this new creation. Yeah. It's there, isn't it? It's, and yeah. it's the beauty and uniqueness and unconditional love that you're presented yeah. with it's it like is a new camp it is, it's amazing i'm not good at listening to whispers either i'm not good at listening to the universe's whispers so they have to come in hard with me in yeah. order for me to, yes. to learn lessons like they'll be whispering it for like a couple of years and i'll just be kind of like, do, 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 ignoring the whispers because people settle into their comfort zones don't they and then the universe goes no 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 it's time for you to up level so You've not listened to my whispers. You've not done it yourself. So here we go. Let me hit you with some big, you know, we talk about, me and my daughter always talk about burnt toast. We were obsessed. Well, she's, she's, I say me and my daughter, but it's always me obsessed. And she's just the long suffering, you know, daughter of me. But I'm always saying to her, like, burnt toast, this has happened because of burnt toast. You know, the burnt toast theory is when, if in the morning you burn your toast and, it, and you're running late for work and then everything you're late, goes wrong. everything goes wrong. Right? But the burnt toast feels like the worst thing in the world. But when you look at life, maybe burning that toast stopped you being in an accident because you were running five minutes late. Or it could put you in the trajectory of meeting someone that's going to change your life. Or, you yeah. know, and so whenever anything happens or whenever we're late or whenever we spill the milk or or like the the situation we're going through at the moment i'm just like no 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 this is burnt toast because it's it's put an obstacle in the way that at the time seems like oh this is so bad but actually in the future we will see that 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 burnt toast moment 
has actually changed our life for the better. You know, like the Gwyneth Paltrow film. You know, we're, we've all signed these contracts before we get here. This is all this is all our growth. And some people are ready to face it. And some people aren't. You know, these women are, are trying their hardest. I'm trying my hardest every day to face it. These women are. The people who buy my artwork are trying to change and to shift and to step out of the patriarchal paradigms that keep us small you know this is all about this these burnt toast moments you see it you know you're you're delayed at the air, airport so you flick onto facebook and you're like i'm delayed i'm delayed and then you see a post on facebook and and that changes your life Do you know it's all about these burnt toast moments where 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 life life is so amazing if we can take out the conditioning and you know life's in session as they say it yeah. is happening everything that's happening is life that is what it's all about yeah. isn't it? you know yeah. my favorite band's red hot chili peppers me and my daughter went a couple of months ago to see them at tottenham and one of my favorite songs the last line is this life is more than just a read through like when are we going to realize me included like i have to remind myself of this all the time because i get so bogged down in i don't have a lot of money how am i going to survive this is strict you know i get bogged down and i have to remind myself like we when are we going to learn that we have such a small amount of time in this physical body yeah, you know i believe yeah. that our soul is eternal but so much can is amazing you know that we don't see because so much represses us you know this life is is not a read through we are here we're here once you know experience live in ecstasy experience the the joy and this is the important thing as well that that it's that i remember when i when i got my adhd um diagnosis and i was struggling so much with life and like mentally i just could not cope and and they prescribed me this medication i'm just looking around because actually i've forgotten to take it today but and it took me about a year of going no i don't want this medication for adhd because i know i get severe severe lows like i get some awful dark shadow lows but I also get ecstasy. I'm like this, I'm this person, like I'm creative. I'm, I can go out and I can see a, a, a flower bursting through a pavement and I'll be crying my eyes out because I'm like, look, that's so beautiful. You know, and I didn't want, I didn't want the lows, but I also didn't want to get rid of the absolute highs. That's, that's how I live. Anyway, I did start taking the medication and it's, I take such a small dose, but it's amazing because it just takes the edge off. Um, but it's about, it's about, you know this there do come lows with highs you know and the, and the highs are so amazing and like you said everything changes so so you're never going to stay there forever so yeah, just without appreciating and the, making the most of it without and, appreciating those, and having those experiences you don't appreciate um the other aspect of it is like for example i never appreciated my own space and time until my daughter moved back home with her children you don't realize you know, you, you, yeah. you appreciate that 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 alone time. Before I'll just think, oh, it's I'm 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 bored. Well, actually, it's 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 nice to have that. Yeah. You, sometimes you don't appreciate yeah. things that you've got until you don't have them anymore. And that's yeah. what those are the lessons. That's what life's about, isn't it? It's showing you gratitude. It's showing yeah. you, you know, sorrow and realizing, you know, what life is about and loving people yeah. is about and unconditional Jeez. love is about gratitude's the biggest thing and love is the biggest thing and connection's the biggest thing like mine's the opposite my daughter i've obviously lived with her for 18 years and 
been a single mother, it's been so stressful and I've worked and I've not, I've not been present. And I think it was only when the first lockdown happened with COVID that we were together nonstop. She was 16 at the time. And I just suddenly realized this is my time. This is my time to be present with her because she's going, she's 18, you know, she's, she's off. She's got this life that's going to be so amazing. And now I don't see her a lot anymore. We live together still, but I don't see her a lot. You know, she works nights, she works in the bar and I'm up at 5am. She's coming in as I'm getting up. But the second she, she says, do you want to go out for lunch or something? Everything right. gets dropped. Like every single thing, I could be holding the crown jewels and I would drop them for her because um, I grab every piece of her that I can because I know that the way life is meant to be is that she's going to go off and live her own life. And my most, my most beloved isn't going to be a part of my everyday life, which is normal. So, you know, it's about gratitude and that connection. And that's, again, with my art, it brings women into connection with each other you know and, and that connection is is human nature we need to be connected to other humans and and to be connected to women to be connected in sisterhood that most women who come to me they've never they're so scared to come to a woman's circle because they've grown up with bitchy women and they've been the you know abused by women as well because because women do abuse women as well like in a in a mental way you know the bullying the ganging up the so so many women are so scarred from women and sitting in sisterhood and having groups of women friends most women come and say i don't really have any friends that are women you know because we're not brought yes. up that way so this is another thing this this brings women together to be able to say i see you sister i see you like i see you as you are and to support women and that's just what i want to create this this sisterhood again. I think that you did it too. And I think on that note, we're gonna we will have to draw it to a close because we've I know way we could over. Talk for hours. We could talk for hours. We definitely could. And it's been an absolute honor to have you on here, Kat, and sharing your life, your work, and you know, allowing our listeners to, you know, be engrossed in that for this for this short time that we've been able to chat. And hopefully they will be able to come and find you in what you're doing. We'll put a lot of links on the um yeah, that'd be lovely so that people can find your work and find what you do um because you know I, I, even i want to as well now i want to come and explore your your sisterhood yeah. get naked and <laughs> yeah it's it so is fun. amazing and some yeah. of them were outside a couple of weeks ago i was in glastonbury um and i had 30 women up on the top of the hill in the middle of the most torrential rain yeah. ever all completely yeah. naked with paint dripping down our bodies and yeah. drumming and screaming at the moon and stuff like that you know it's just it's just going back to the ancient times of women honoring women and you know us honoring women and what you're doing is amazing as well you know we've all got our little part to play exactly. in raising the vibration yeah. of the earth and we all do it differently but what you and your daughter are doing is is so amazing as well because you're doing what i can't do you're getting it out there with like a podcast and and stuff like that so that's we're doing fantastic I well. yeah. know my daughter was gutted she couldn't be on this interview today because she's very artistic as well so she would have loved to have been involved in this so oh know, we'll do another one we'll yeah, do another one that would be lovely if we have you on again that'd be fantastic because then we can go through some of your other art as well because this one being my favorite this one is the goddess of and I, I love this one because that encompasses all of my kind of interest in astrology and the planets and yeah 
we'll, we'll perhaps we'll but she's interesting as well just sorry just before we go i know i keep on talking i will stop you in a minute but it's interesting that you like that one as well because a lot of our conversation today has been about shadow and yeah. the light and the dark and she represents the fact that you are whole yeah. in the day in the night the light the dark the male the female the sun the moon you know you don't have the light without the dark and it's that people who hide the dark yeah you know yeah. so it's interesting that that's your choice because we've spoken loads about yeah and you your, your wording actually on your book says you are every for this particular card it says you are everything you are the whole universe you are eternity look up at the stars remember who you are the goddess of galactic balance is urging you to live fully as yourself she holds the sun and the moon in her hands bringing in the balance of the light and the dark the day and the night the male and the female she wants you to remember that you are perfect, a perfect mixture of all and are and are robbing the world of your magic by suppressing the very parts of yourself that make you unique. Be you in your entirety. I love that. And I think that's a lovely place to finish. Do you know what? Keep you hungry it's for more. It's hilarious because as you're reading that, as you're reading that, I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, did I, I write that? that? But it's the same with my art, my books my books i've written and the oracle cards and stuff it's all channeled like i could not write that i could not actually sit down and write that from my brain like as you're reading that i was sitting there thinking i did that i didn't but it's not me really writing it like it's, it's yeah. channeled i know i was really yeah. proud as you were reading that okay, so you should be that's all channeled as well yeah Thanks, it's been an absolute honour to have you on, Kat. And I wish, yeah, you thanks for me. I wish you all the success in what you're doing. Carry on doing what you're doing and sparkling away. And hopefully we'll get you on here again soon for a chat. Yay, and we'll meet in person. Yes, that would be lovely. Oh. That would be lovely. Yay. Take care. Thanks, lovely. Bye.